All right, let's get to it then. All right. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, brother? Today is 29th of March, 2020. And, you know, what what a time it is to be alive. Um, when we started this last September, a lot of what we were covering back then was trying to get awareness on market instability and, and where we thought things were going with the economy, the currency, world powers. Um, but I don't think you and I could have expected 2020 to quickly morph into what it is today. Uh, that being day, what are we, 14, maybe 14 plus on quarantine now? Yeah, about 14 days. But we knew there was going to be an economic crash. We just didn't know it was going to be accelerated because of a fucking pandemic, bro. Let's be honest here. Like, this is a crazy accelerant. You know, we talk about accelerant. That, that virus really crippled us. Stress tests, we failed. We really failed as as a world. You know, it's not just us. As a world, we failed. Everybody's just always worried about the next quarter. Hey, then this is not about the next quarter. You know, we need to start figuring out how to re re-engage the economy for the long term, not the short term. Because something like this could happen again, and people talk about it all the time. Oh, you know, this could happen. It could happen worse. Well, I think now we know it can. Now we have a new reality. So There's a term that I remember from the military, complacency kills. And I think that ties into a lot of what you mean by us learning in the U.S. now after the fact of not being prepared and not taking the proper steps and investing in the proper infrastructure and equipment for these types of events. Um, you know, we know now two, three weeks into this, uh, hospitals are short on ventilators. Uh, we were short on supplies and face masks. I believe I saw the, the WHO and the CDC now are going to put out their updated guidance on face masks and actually tell people that they should be wearing them because they do uh, cut down on the spread of viruses and diseases. So, you know, we didn't have enough masks. We weren't prepared enough. You know, I think a lot of in the U.S. we've seen, especially with the markets and the way that businesses run in the United States of America is that, you know, like you say, a lot of it is quarterly driven, short-term views, short-term targets, short-term profits. You know, what what what's our profit margin going into the next quarter? We have to raise that. We have to raise that at all costs. And then we cut costs on things that we don't think are relevant. Um, but now it's coming back to bite us. And I think that we've been very complacent as a nation and as people in society too, because this doesn't just fall on policymakers. You know, we as people have to understand that you can't rely on, on a politician to, you know, do what's right for you. We have to collectively understand what's going on and hold uh, politicians accountable. Um, and, and it's going to be a wake up call now. Um, I know you're down in New Jersey. I'm up here in Connecticut. You know, we've, we've know now from last week's guidance, you know, you, myself and, and the folks in, um, New York city are probably going to be on lockdown here coming up shortly this week. Um, but I want to try to get on some conversation about, you know, what the world might look like after this and, and what we're seeing going through this, uh, that might help some listeners be able to have a nonconformist view on the situation and, you know, the outcomes and it might allow them to prepare properly going through this chaotic time. 
um, we now know that gold and silver are making their all-time highs. Uh, an update on on the gold news last week: uh, there was some brokers and banks, I believe, over in London or in the UK um, that weren't actually able to deliver physical gold to com- to the COMEX. So uh, these are intermediaries um, that hold precious metals for people. When you purchase precious metals, you typically have the option to have it sent to your house and you hold it in physical form, or you trust an intermediary to hold it for you. And then you have like a paper receipt for it. Um, now we're seeing that these intermediaries don't actually have the physical gold that they said they had, and they were actually loaning it out in the background. This isn't surprising to us. Um, so scheme style. So now we're learning about the true shortage that exists in metals. And, and I expect that we'll probably see, uh, the prices explode going into this week because of that. So we've tried to educate others on how to prepare financially. You know, we've talked about Bitcoin, we've talked about you know, everything that we've said about the markets is now coming to fruition. Um, but what are you, what are you seeing, Mike? I think it's important for, for you to talk about, you know, what you've been researching, what you've been studying, like, where do you think we go from here in society and lockdown and anything? Yeah. Well, you know, every time something happens in society, that's a, a stressor or an impact like this, we usually go back to history and see what has happened back then to actually gauge what could happen now. It's a little hard right now in the situation because um, if we go back to 1918, right, everyone talks about the Spanish flu and how that happened. That one lasted for almost two years. It started, uh, it started they calculated in 1918, it could have started in 1917 when um, there were uh, Chinese pretty much slaves that were brought over and um, they were storing trains in Canada. They transported them. And this time we were we were at the peak of World War One, you know, close to the end, and um, you know it spread right because of um, these uh, the, the slaves were sick and you know the conditions they were in packed together it spread and by the time they were out it just continued to spread and with the war World War One going on, you know, soldiers being moved all around the world, globalization. That happened, right? The difference there is that we can't compare too much is that, you know, the economy, it wasn't that weak. You know, usually when we are at, you know, in a world war, the economy is strong because of the production. So right now we can't look at it in the same, you know, because we are not in that economy. We don't have a strong economy. And so um, what we can see is that it took a long time to control and it was because of what happened right now, right? The same thing. Countries didn't want to quarantine. They let people continue to mingle. Here in the United States, after months of the spread, Philadelphia was one of the cities that was hit the most. And when they started to see clusters in Philadelphia at the time, you know, they were people were suggesting, scientists were suggesting, hey, lock down Philadelphia, lock it down, quarantine. And... The mayor at the time didn't because of the war. They had these, you know, back then they used to have these, um, these like marches, right? Mm-hmm. And the march was uh, for um, citizens to, got, to buy government bonds to support the war. So they would have these like rallies. Hey, buy government bonds. You're supporting, you know, the allies and all of that stuff. So they needed to do that in their minds to, you know, have people create that buzz. Right. 
So they did a huge one in Philadelphia, and, and so many people got sick after that. And they just spread like wildfire. So what you could see there is that, you know, they're not you're not following protocol, right? So since that happened in that time period, and then you could see what's happening now that we're not doing the same thing, that you could start seeing, well, with the disease, there's similarities of what we could see will happen here. If we're not locking down the country completely, and I understand the whole aspects of, um, you know, we don't want, we have freedoms and everything here, but what we have to understand is that we don't do that. We're going to see similarities to 1918, and look at the, the death toll. It was huge, and it lasted two years because they couldn't control it. It, it kept springing up, so it died in areas, but because they weren't contained in others, and then they would pop up, it would just continue to spread, and that's what we're having go on right now it seems like in china you know um our friend that he has family in china just said that um wuhan they're starting to get new cases again so it's the same story that's not counting obviously the economy right the economy was strong back in 1918 for our economy situation people are pointing to the recession and they're only pointing to the recession because they don't want to admit that it's worse than the recession Many economists are already saying it's way worse than a recession and already talking about a 2.0. Mm -hmm. You and I think that it will be a, grand, a Great Depression 2.0. So if that's the case, now we got to look at what happened back then. Mm -hmm. What happened back then, you know, after World War I happened, you know, the markets opened in the growing 20s, spending credit, everyone was spending on credit, technology boom, similar to what happened in this last decade or so, right? And then you can see the collapse and how long it took to actually, you know, get back to our feet. So the Great Depression happens, you know, uh, 28, 29 is when this, you know, yeah, it started to, you know, roll over. But it lasted until late 1936, 37. Mm -hmm. And the, the only reason why it changed was not because of um, what Roosevelt did, to, you know, getting workers, um, forgot the name of what they called that the great i don't know it's, it's like the great build or whatever yeah. um it was because of world war ii right world mm -hmm. war ii started and we right. started to really produce and that helped the economy and, and that's a great change. great new deal or something like that the, exactly the new yeah, deal yeah, thank, yeah, thank, thank you yeah. yeah so the new deal so they that helped a little bit to get people back to work but at that same time you had a great influx of people leaving the country. So you had Americans. There's no time in history that Americans have left the country of the United States to go to another because of economic purposes. And in the Great Depression, it happened. They were all going to the Soviet Union to work because the Soviet Union was the only economy that boomed in the, in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. um, so now we have those two scenarios. Those two scenarios, we have collided them together, but we've eliminated the world war. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to look at. So how... How those two together fit into our situation. And we've never had that. So now we have to see how can governments and how can we get through this. We're in the beginning of the situation. So well, I don't know. That's just what I see. One of the other, well, let's expand on this talk because, you know, I think, you know, looking back at that time period and looking at what governments did and what society did, I think that we can paint we can at least have some ideas going future, going forward now in today's world on having ideas of what might happen, do 
to what happened in the past, right? Another thing that happened during the after the 29 crash and then the 1918 Spanish flu um, was the the uh, uh, the uh, gold confiscation in 1933, right? So Roosevelt had you know essentially right the economy wasn't doing well after the 29 crash. We went through the 30s with a lot of you know stag uh, stagnation. The economy wasn't producing well. I think the global unemployment rate at that time was 25% plus maybe. Um, but on, uh, on April 6, 1933, I believe this was, and I'm reading this from the wiki page. I'll, I'll just read it out here. Executive Order 6102, United States Presidential Executive Order, signed on April 5, 1933 by President Franklin D. Roosevelt, forbidding the hoarding of gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates within the continental United States. Um, so this was something that happened where, you know, as, as an American, you had the ability to buy and hold gold before that date. Uh, but on May 1st, 1933, um, you know, it was put into act that you had to turn all of your gold back into the U.S. government. Right. And this was just a result from the collapse and then the currency crisis that unfolded afterwards. Um, so, you know, fast forwarding to today's age, though, we're now seeing how governments are reacting to COVID-19. We're seeing uh, quarantines and lockdowns. We're seeing um, increase of like a police state, right? We now see that Rhode Island, uh, the National Guard and the cops are now hunting down New Yorkers trying to tell them to get out. Um, yeah. we're, we're in a similar situation with the economy, right? Where we're gonna have a crash. Um, so, you know, I, I personally expect that the police state will continue. We know that there's laws that are being passed in the background, taking away rights of people. Um, and, and we could see, I don't know if we'll see a, an, an order like executive order 6102 again on the confiscation of gold. Um, but we could see that we don't have gold to confiscate. Oh, that's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back yeah. then they used to have gold as part of, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, res own reserve systems, mm -hmm. right? That's what people don't understand. Like back then, we had a reserve, and it was what we had at home saved. Or you know, back our great grandparents had a reserve at home, a rainy day fund, and it was mm -hmm. gold that they saved and inherited and all that. Which other um, races around the world they still do? You know, Indians, um, Chinese, and they'll save for these type of things. America doesn't. We don't do that. We have a credit card, maybe for emergency reasons or something like that. Um, what is it? Four hundred dollars is the average of what people have saved for an emergency. Four hundred dollars you could spend in in a week's grocery. Mm -hmm. You know, shit. Sometimes I go to Whole Foods and spend a hundred dollars on a couple things. So, you know, we're in a different situation. I think something that you know that we could really look into is um, we could look back into other countries right now. I I always talk about Venezuela. Venezuela, to me, is exactly an example of a modern nation that's gone into a Great Depression. Obviously, their situation is because of, you know, social, political, geopolitics, all that stuff, right? But it's still similar. You know, they have um, massive inflation. Um, they have political issues. Mm -hmm. Internationally, there's um, strife, um, massive unemployment. There's all types of issues, right? That's a very good picture of what could happen if things are not taken care of correctly. And I don't really think they are take, being taken care of correctly because if they were, we wouldn't be printing massive amounts of dollars. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that we don't have a, a we don't really have a reserve. 
the Federal Reserve, we could go back. That's total bullshit. You know, then that's not a reserve. I don't know what, what gold do they have. Audit it. We don't know what gold they have. I know we know how much gold Russia probably has, or at least what they have purchased in the recent couple years, because Russia went to a deep recession in this past decade. Mm-hmm. So they're actually they're, they're probably going to do well in this situation because they already have been through it. So and China bought a bunch of gold. This is an issue we have right now. We don't have gold like that in America because, you know, it's all about the quarter. We are always moving things around. We're trying to, you know, the banking system here is just terrible when it comes to, you know, a national health, mm-hmm. like economic health system. We don't have that. And I'm not talking about the health care. I'm talking about the health of our economy. It's just terrible. It's ter- it doesn't benefit you and I. It's crony capitalism. So that's something that we need to really go back to now that we're in an election year and we need to start holding these candidates to the fire because back in uh, the Great Depression, what did help a little bit cushion was unemployment and all of that because they didn't have it. So unemployment benefits helped people get by. We have that already implemented. But, you know, how long will that hold people over if they have massive amounts of debt? I don't know. You know, if companies can't hire, we don't have an idea, Joe. We don't have an idea of what companies right now might go into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. There's companies that they're holding on for dear life, hoping that the economy could open up to see if they could salvage. Well, we, we, no? we know that corporate debt has exploded off the charts, 17 plus trillion, I believe, of negative yielding corporate debt. And that for me is scary because... And, and it's been talked about a lot the last two years. Um, and it just shows that these companies, most most of the companies, uh, let's look at the S&P 500, for example. And I'll pull up some charts if I can and put it into the, the notes of this show. Um, we know from the data that FANG really was the only thing propping up the S&P over the last you know, five or six years. And by that, I mean Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, the large tech companies were really holding up the S&P. They accounted for, I believe, over half of all of the earnings from the S&P. So there's a monopoly, right? That's the, why they did hold it up. Exactly. The rest of these companies were really just they're they're um, you know they're they're dead companies. They're they're companies that are unprofitable. They're companies that are just existing off of free money being loaned by this, the, Fed, the the Fed, right? And their employees with loans. And we know that because the negative yielding corporate debt has been so high. That means that the financial stability of these companies aren't good because if you, if as a business and as a nation, if you give a bond to someone, right, you should be able to pay at least the principal back on that bond. But when, with a negative yielding bond, what that means is that you pay them back less than they paid you. So in my eyes, I look at that as you know those companies are not financially sound. They're not. They're not. They're they're underwater right now, and and I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of it to come up on which ones will fail. But how big yeah, are well, the that's why that's why, bro. That's why Apple and a lot of these companies they have all this money. They have them. They they, they have a reserve that once they already knew this was going to happen. There are tech companies. They they have analytics that read the systems. Mm-hmm. Something like this happens, they might start buying up really cheap some of these corporations, and they'll become bigger and they become bigger. You know, and that it, that goes into another conversation of um, you know, privacy issues. You know stuff when it comes to um the internet the internet of things right that's going to be a big thing now with 5g being rolled mm-hmm. out you know there's a lot there's all these interconnected you know clusters in their own right you know we have a, a we have a falling economy 
And we have obviously the two big to fails mm -hmm. showing up again. You know, we have the Boeing, we have, you know, uh, Google, all these big shots that are, that are going to start implementing policy that benefits them. And when that happens, it usually does not benefit us. And right now we have that $2 trillion bill that just passed the stimulus bill. And that's only phase three. There's a phase four they're working on right now. What is it? I don't know. We'll find out soon. Mm -hmm. um, but that phase three, it's, it's going to help a lot of companies. And in my opinion, they shouldn't get any help. But, um, you know, since, you know, going back to why, what, why is a company too big to fail? Well, because our economy has leveraged a lot on them. You know, they've been able to, they've been able to take advantage. We, we took advantage of them to prop up of our economy. And when they fail, we fall. So it's, it's, that's an issue. That's a huge issue. So, um, this is why I don't think that it's going to be easy because, their the companies will do well. Mm -hmm. The companies are world economies in their own, and what they're doing is they're propping up their companies more by having the Federal Reserve print money at almost negative interest rates right now. So they're getting free money, you could mm -hmm. call it free loans, and we are going to get set with that bill. We are we have to pay it back, and how can we pay it back when inflation will hit hard? Because that's that's the thing, right? This money gets keep they keep printing and printing, loaning it out to these companies or giving you know giving money to them, right. and then we are stuck with it, and then we can't purchase the things that we could before. Things were already expensive enough, and I used to mention this all the time. Inflation is huge. It's not. It's not two percent. Mm -hmm. It's not. Come on, you can't you can't tell me it's two percent, but milk costs like a gallon, like seven eight dollars, depending on what state you live. Mm -hmm. You know why does it cost seven eight dollars? Because of you know corporate going back to the corporate debt super high they're mm -hmm. getting loans so they need to they need to pay these loans back so they raise the prices you're not paying yeah you're, you're the dollar is worth it's it's there's only two percent inflation on that dollar but the the inflation on product because of corporate debt is high so it's just inflation in a different perspective now add both of those two together corporations inflating their prices to try to pay back Right, all this interest in their loans plus the inflation of the dollar. We're fucked if that happens. It's just the truth. And this and is right where now, and this is where we're headed, though. This is the thing. And, yeah, you know, well, it's, so, it's so you and I've been talking about the repo market since freaking November. What yeah. was going on behind the scenes? Yeah, they were just just printing and printing every day, and they almost said that the banking system collapsed. Mm -hmm. You know, January first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they had these emergencies, and it was all hush. Well, we had to really look into it to actually find it. And they, they didn't even want to talk about it. And, you know, obviously the whole thing with Iran happened. So that even made it even more secretive. But now you can't keep it a secret because we know what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. And they keep printing. And pr come on, man. That's just who does that? You know who does that? Criminals do that. When they go in, they, they are counterfeiters. They counterfeiting money, man. That's counterfeiting money. You're, you're printing and you're giving the bill to us. America, yeah, I'm not, I'm not for that. Mm. I don't care about no twelve hundred dollars. It's twelve hundred dollars is not gonna, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna get that probably. So, it, I'm not saying that. Oh, just because you're gonna get it, that's unfair. No, I'm just saying it's gonna cost us more than those twelve hundred dollars. If I get those twelve hundred dollars, I'm sure that the bill behind that is probably twice that I gotta pay back. All right, because we're 
we're going to pay that back somehow. Because yeah. that was given to us with interest. That's just the truth. You know, I think there's there's two two outcomes from this. One is that, you know, we know now that we talk about how unprofitable businesses are. They're underwater. And we know that right now the central bank is printing the largest amount of money than they ever have historically. Um, devaluing our dollars. Our dollars are worth less tomorrow than they were today. And to Mike's point, you know, all of us Americans, whether you see it or not, you do have to pay back. You are affected by that loan that was taken out now the printing that was created by the fed uh and and people don't realize that the treasury is in debt to the fed right the fed's a separate bank exactly so, so they, they, the, the the treasury just took a loan mm-hmm. from them yeah and gave and they're giving it to us right they're giving it but they're giving it to us with pork in it right with oh you know there's all these strings attached to that and that's what people don't see it comes with a lot of fat and so we're not only paying interest on $1,200. We're paying the interest of everything in that package. And the corporations won't pay that. The pro corporations, they don't need to pay that. You know, when you're a corporation, you're a multinational, you got, you got tentacles all over the world. You just shift. That's what they always do. So we're going to get set to pay that Mm -hmm. as middle-class small business owners and the like small business owners, man, they're going to have a hard time. And you know, we don't talk a lot about the small business, Small business is the backbone. You know, yeah, nine to fivers, they grind, but the small business is what keeps the American dream alive. And right now they're collapsing left and right. So what does that mean? That means that big business is just going to get bigger. Amazon is not losing one dime right now. Neither is Walmart. But that mom and pop down the street, they're screwed, bro. So who's going to be the one to take over all of that? Those big corporations. So it's just a, it's a snowball effect. It's a bunch of stuff going on. We have a housing crisis right now. You know, we have an, a, a, a building crisis. We, bro, like New York City is full of buildings that are being built right now. Uh, luxury apartments. Who the hell's going to buy that? No one's going to buy that. There's too much of those. What's going to happen? A bunch of empty apartment buildings all around the world? Bro, there's been an international building boom. Bigger than in 2008. And the thing is, it's not even for people like you and I. Mm-hmm. It's for the the top one percent, people that could buy fifteen million dollar apartments. Who is going to buy a fifteen million dollar apartment right now? Not many people. Yeah, there's a lot of rich people, but they're they're hungry. Well, they're hungry. They're if you're rich, if you are a rich person and you made your money through business and savviness, you're not going to go spending money on apartments. No, you're going to start buying companies. You're going to start buying stock. This is the time to buy it, right? When things are down, you don't go and buy, you know, apartments and cars and all that. That's that doesn't make you money. That's where they're gonna put their money in. So all of those properties and those projects are gonna go, right? Same thing with houses. Same thing. Well, where does that leave us? Well, we talked about on this show how we've lived in a world of neoliberalism. Neoliberalism started. You know, after Reagan and arguably the Clinton Foundation's really what kicked it up when Bill Clinton was in office. Uh, Neo feudalism, for those that don't know what that term means, it essentially means that you know anyone in business can can come up and and there's there's uh, or I'm sorry, neoliberalism. So we're liberal about business. People can start businesses, blah blah blah, right? But we've now are transitioning into a world of neo feudalism. Right, a feudalist world, uh, essentially going back to the medieval times with the monarchs, the lords, and the ladies, and then 
the lower peasants of that that sat in the kingdoms and and we've been seeing this consolidation of power and wealth mike like we've talked about for for quite a while now the recessions are so important because you know to your point the rest of society the rest of us you know peasants get wiped out by this right um but the elites have been able to make wealth during the growth cycles and then they pull their money out smart money right knows when to not be in there that's why berkshire hathaway has been sitting on 125 billion dollars of cash for the last two years because they knew what was coming and then once the markets crash they buy back in at pennies and then own everything from there on out um i i feel like we're moving even more in that world now because i feel like businesses and more of wall street will become privatized and 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 it'll be owned by the u.s government um you know, there's a term, there's a lot of people that think the U.S. is slowly moving in the footsteps of Soviet Russia. USSA is talked about a lot, right? Um, but now I think with all of the bailouts that are happening with a lot of these businesses, I really do think that, you know, the government is going to, the, the Fed primarily is going to have a lot of that on their balance sheet. And they're going to be owners essentially of a lot of these firms. Um, they're becoming nationalized firms. You know, BlackRock, the largest hedge fund or one of the largest funds in, in the United States. In the world. And I think they own most of the housing complex real estate oh, now. Yeah, they own freaking State Street. Medical facilities. They own so now you have private equity and the US government that owns all of the industries that we're in and we become consumption. And we and, and we just totally feed this whole neo feudalist system. And, and that's, that's where I, I think we're going. I think that a lot of these companies are going to end up getting nationalized because they're going to get bailed out with massive packages and they're going to have to turn over a lot of their rights because of that. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to go more towards the left right now when it comes to economics. We're going to go more towards nationalization of a lot of these corporations, like you're saying, banking systems here. Um, but, you know, people might think in the beginning it's going to be good for the nation and for us, but it's not because it's not going to feed us. It's going to feed them even more because they're going to be able to recycle it the ways they want to. It makes it easier. You know, if you already have people in government that you placed there and then you do this nationalization of a lot of these corporations and companies, then you'll be able to 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 recycle that in that same system, you know, and the whole, even if there's a trickle effect, which I hardly doubt there's going to be a trickle effect, it won't be much. You know, you'll have that feudalism. You know, you'll have the people on the bottom and the people on the top, and that's it. The people on the top will be the ones that are hand in hand with a nationalized system. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany, people don't understand that, was a, um, a form of socialism, but socialism similar to China, where, you know, the government of Nazi Germany, you know, basically like they they nationalized but it was also it was like a marriage between nationalization and privatization you know volkswagen being one of the companies you know yeah germany fed money to it partially owned it but they were still a private entity same thing with everything else that was in germany same thing that's the same concept of like what you know china does you know to take the take the you know don't don't look at just germany as in like you know, the atrocities, just looking at it from the economic system. We're going into that type of economic system where, you know, it's bad enough. We got politicians. They don't know how to do anything. Now, you know, let them manage banking systems and all that hand to hand with these, you know, corporate bigwigs. And we're going to get screwed at the end of the day. That's just the truth. It's, you know, it's not for us. It's for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's going to be interesting because after all of this, you will see people 
stand up. There might be a reemergence of unions, and I think unions might actually be a benefit for society if they know how to do it right. Mm-hmm. Because right now, um, Staten Island, I was just seeing the news. Um, Amazon workers are they're they're um they're trying to do a strike right now to try to get more pay and benefits because of the hazard they're in. You know, this is a hazardous time. Who the hell wants to go work for eighteen dollars an hour when you probably could get sick right. and cost you way more, right? right? So there's going to be there's, there's going to be more left leaning because people will get pissed, but it's not going to be left leaning and the benefit more of what people think. It's going to be more left leaning for our corporations in a way. I that's just my opinion. We have to mm-hmm. more we got to do more of a deep dive into that conversation well, we, we are Yeah, yeah, and we'll do that on another episode because I think we should continue to expand on this, but but we are already seeing that with this current scenario. So Amazon, I, I saw that they're hiring 100,000 people right now. Yeah. 100,000 people. That took me back to, I, I know after the 29 crash in the 30s, you had that fight against the haves and the have-nots in society, the, the extreme wealth and then the rest of us, the same wealth gap we have now. And the large businesses and the really rich businessmen after the 29 crash were able to take advantage of the amount of unemployment by employing people for you know, crappy wage, yeah. you know, no benefits, but they needed to work. So like, cause they're desperate. Okay. I really, that's what I thought when I saw a hundred thousand people they're, they're hiring right now. And bro, look, bro, that's exactly perfect example. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're saying exactly that, right? Amazon is a tech company that doesn't pay tech money to the employees because it's, you know, it's based on low skill jobs, mm-hmm. right? So you got low skilled jobs and Amazon is pretty much eating every type of economy and, you know, out there, you know, they're getting into, you know, supermarkets, they're getting into uh, cloud based systems. They have everything you could think of. Now you have a large unemployment of like service jobs, people that can go to the restaurants to work, people that can go to certain places. Now they're working for Amazon mm-hmm. after, you know, the dust settles, they probably will not quit and go back to, you know their previous job right. so a lot of these shops might not have these employees coming back to them because they already got a nice cushy job in amazon right. it's not cushy all right so i'm just saying it's, it's not cushy at all because from what i hear they grind their employees but that's the thing right you have a monster of a company like amazon just growing and growing it's like the wally movie mm-hmm. you know it's like okay hey you're only gonna work everyone's gonna work in amazon right right is that what everybody wants? I highly doubt it. Right. But come on, that's where we're going to. So I think we did a good overview. We'll extend this into another another episode. Um, you know, but I, I hope the listeners what they got out of this conversation was just you know, an alternative view from you know what they might be hearing on the day to day news. Also, a look back through time and history to understand what happened after the twenty nine crash. You know, maybe we even think about an episode in the future covering like everything that led up to the 29 crash and then what happened afterwards. Um, oh yeah, that'd be tremendous because there's so much to talk about because you know what? Even economists can't figure it out still. Mm-hmm. They're still really perplexed about what really caused it. We already know a little bit that, you know, it's the, the debt, but the what was the catalyst and what was the outcome? The way it stopped was because of the war, but there's yeah. not much outcome to talk about from you know from factuals like that but to get a nice deep dive and see then it's like oh shit this is the same thing we're going through now so i think a takeaway from this right that people should go ahead and do their own go read into 
go do a deep dive into the Spanish flu epidemic, the pandemic in the 1918. Um, See, check that out, how it, how it happens. Go also check, you know, a little bit of history of the 20s and how the 20s is very similar to this past decade and then leading up to the Great Depression and then how we got out of the Great Depression, which we hope we don't get out of the Great Depression if we have one now the same way that they did back then, which was a world war. I hope that doesn't happen, but everything's a possibility nowadays. And um, also go into keep keep seeing what's going on with these bills being passed, stimulus package, read into them, you know. Don't just listen to mainstream. Do more research and, you know, have a conversation with us. Shoot us a, a email. Get on our um, on the nonconformist. Just conversate with us. We'd we'll love to conversate with you guys. Hug your family. Hug your friends. Try to t- take walks outside. And tune- yeah, yeah. <laughs> tune in for more episodes. Yes, true. Yeah, exactly. All right, Mike. I think that's it for today. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care, y'all.